Welcome to Slashing Through the Corner. Hi there and welcome back to a second season of Slashing Through the Cordon, the Kaima Cricket Podcast. So we survived our first season, all whole 10 episodes of it, and we've had a little bit of a break since January. haven't uh, had the time or the inclination, I guess is the way to put it, to, to get stuck right into doing more podcasting for this particular podcast. But the time has come. It's time to strap those pads back on, oil the bats, get the stumps out, get the ball machine out and start getting behind that ball and practicing that hook shot. So today I'm going to talk about start talking about a particular period of cricket on the South Coast um, and I'll describe, in my belief, there are three ages of uh, South Coast cricket and I'm going to talk about the start of the second age of South Coast cricket and that's where teams begin to or clubs begin to come together thinking that it would be great to play against each other in a competition rather than just ringing each other up or sending courier messages by pigeon or however they used to do it back in the early 1900s uh, to organise games. So we're going to have a look at the period of the season 1910-1911. Now that's 110 years ago. You might wonder why that's important. Well, I'll tell you all about it. So hopefully I've piqued your interest enough and uh, you're thinking it's winter time and it's it's probably not a good idea to, to go outside in the, the shorts and the t-shirt and bowl the ball against the wall. Well, why don't you just self, make yourself a cup of tea instead and listen to me on Slashing Through the Cordon. So as I said, in my belief on the south coast of New South Wales, I believe there have been three uh, ages of, of cricket here on the south coast. And the first one stretched from the 1850s through to about 1910. And that period in our area consisted of clubs being formed on a whim and disappearing just as quickly, and then other clubs being able to hold together and, and, and play for much longer. And in those days, obviously, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, these teams would organise games between each other and they'd be one-off games. So I've still got a lot of stories to talk about that period of cricket on the South Coast, but not today. The third great age of South Coast cricket is the one that has stretched from 1946 to the present, which is when the South Coast District Cricket Association was formed. And obviously I've done some stories on that as well, and there's a hell of a lot more to talk about there too. The period in between is where I want to start looking at today, and hopefully in a, in a few pod, podcasts coming up. And it stretches from 1910 through to about 1945. And I call this period on the South Coast the Kaima District Cricket Association years. Now that's not just to do with Kaima, it is to do with pretty much most of the area that we're speaking about anyway, including teams from Albion Park through to Shell Harbour, Jamboree, Kaima, Jeringong. Um, but as I said, up until 1910, there had been no formal competition ever put in place for teams to play. Teams would organise to play against each other, then they would usually organise a return match, 
and whoever won the games, they'd say, well, you beauty, we won this game, and then you go off and, well, I don't know, go to the pub, I suppose, and have a beer. But I think it's, it's important to look at this period in time. And I say that because it's the formation of the first organised competition for the South Coast area. And as I said, way back in 1854, Keimer started playing matches against other organisations or and other clubs. And they, you know, sometimes you could play as few as three matches in a season. And in others, they played up to 20. It just depended on who they had involved in the club at the time. You could play games against teams from Sydney, and that often was the case. There were teams against uh, games against teams from the Illawarra and Wollongong, down to the Shoalhaven, and then even down as far as Ulladulla and Batemans Bay. And as cricket goes, you would go into each of these matches trying to win, trying to score runs, trying to take wickets, and at the end of the season you would tally up the wins against the losses and judge its success as a result. As the game moved into the 20th century, though, there was a growing feeling that the game could be more than it was, that in order to make every game mean more than just a hit in the park, it needed a competition where clubs could play against each other and at the end a champion would be crowned, giving that club a further sense of accomplishment than just winning a single game of cricket. And it was with this that the first thoughts of forming a cricket district began. This was probably accelerated when in 1902-03, uh, it was the year that the first Illawarra District Cricket Association competition began. And so teams from south of that competition would have been looking at the way that that ran and probably thinking, wouldn't it be a good idea if we could be involved in something like that? So from this, and the first indication of this coming uh, to be thought about was published in the Keimer Independent and Shoalhaven Advertiser back on the 3rd of August 1910. And I can quote the very small article that appeared in the paper that day, which was, an effort is being made to form a cricket association in the police district of Kiama, so that the various clubs in the district may engage in competition matches during the approaching season. Mrs L. Fredericks from Jamboree and G.A. Riley from Kiama have the preliminary arrangements in hand. This was followed up on the 20th of August 1910, where an article, again very small one, said, We understand what appears to have been a secret meeting of representatives from the various cricket clubs in this district was held in the Kiama Council Chambers on Tuesday afternoon last, with a view to forming a cricket association and arrangement of competition matches for the coming season. Though there was no further information, so the paper... <laughs> were actually quite miffed that they couldn't actually announce it because they didn't have the information to hand. But it was obvious that something was moving forward and that a district in the from the Albion Park to Jeringong areas was looking at being formed. Finally, on the 27th of August 1910, the Independent was able to report that a meeting of representatives from Kiama, Jamboree, Jeringong, Albion Park and Shell Harbour Cricket Clubs had been called to have a meeting. Now, unfortunately, at that stage, Shell Harbour and Albion Park didn't show up. 
So they rescheduled because they decided that there was only three clubs that it wasn't worth pursuing. They uh, wrote to the Abbey Park and Shell Harbour clubs. And then, again, when the meeting was to be held on the 26th of August, Albion Park and Shell Harbour again failed to show up. So they left it open until uh, another meeting could be called on the 9th of September to find out if one or both of those teams, or at that stage even the Berry Cricket Club, would, would throw in their lot to, to form a Kaima District Cricket Association. But there was one thing that was about to happen that changed the whole season for all of these clubs. In early September 1910, as we said, there was an idea to include teams between Albion Park and Gerringong in a Kaima District Association uh, Cricket Association. But there was nothing that had been settled and nothing could be decided upon. When out of the blue, there was an invitation from Wollongong for delegates from the Kaima and Jambru and Shell Harbour Cricket Clubs to attend a meeting of the Illawarra Cricket Association. Now, it was interesting that all of these three clubs, apparently at the time, felt that it seemed like the idea was impractical and that they had decided they were going to write to decline the invitation because they felt the distance was a big thing at that, certainly in those days, travelling those distances to play cricket was going to be very difficult. However, there were two representatives from Kiama, so Orb Riley and William Orr, they both decided to go and they decided to um, take their own idea to this meeting and throw it at the Illawarra Cricket Association and see if they would go for it. And so they went to the meeting and this is what they proposed and I'm going to read directly from the article from The Independent. The delegates thereupon explained that their district was anxious for an association but thought that there was only one way that would be acceptable and workable and that was to run the association in two divisions, north and south, each division to play amongst themselves and the winners of each division to play the final for championship. They also suggested making the southern division from Albion Park to Gerringong inclusive and the northern to be composed of clubs north of Dapdale. After very little discussion, it was carried unanimously that the Kaima delegate's suggestions be accepted. Rules and regulations were then framed, and it was decided to start the competition in early October. The advantages that will be derived from this are up to and including semi-final cricket, and then the winner of that semi-final or final of the Southern would play the winner of the Northern Division. So therefore, it's the best of two worlds. Competition cricket on the south coast, and you would still play a final, but it would be against a northern opponent, and it would be a combined Illawarra Cricket Association, the north and the south. The two other benefits that would come from this was that, because they were now in the Illawarra Cricket Association, the south coast teams could play for the Gold Cup trophy, which went to a club who won two years in succession. Also, in 1910-11, the South African team was touring Australia and they were hoping to get them to tour Wollongong and, if so, any players in the Southern Division who can hold up their end would stand a good chance of being asked to play for Wollongong 
against South Africa. Of course, that didn't happen, but the idea was there, and it was a great idea. So there was going to be a further meeting of delegates now from Jamboree, Gerringong, Albion Park, and Kiama, and then they would put out to see if Shell Harbour would like to come on board. Now, to this point, Shell Harbour had expressed absolutely no desire at all to be involved in this. So at the time, it looked as though they were going to miss out on what was going to be the biggest thing to happen in cricket on the South Coast in the history of white civilization. Of course, once this had been announced and that it was all going full steam ahead, surprisingly enough, by the end of September, the Shell Harbour Club had decided that it wanted to be in. And so there were five teams that made up what was then called the Southern Division of the Illawarra Cricket Association competition. Albion Park, Kiama, Shell Harbour, Jamboree and Jeringong. Johnson on fire. So how did it all go? Well, I know most of you don't want to be bored with the individual statistics of every single match in the competition and as to who did what and how they went. That's the kind of thing that I love doing. But it was interesting for a couple of things. The first couple of rounds saw some really high totals being scored in these games and it was very... It was obviously, or reported at the time, that it was obviously very competitive now that teams were playing for an end goal, for a, for a position to make a semi-final and then hopefully a final. The first game between Jerringong and Kiama was interesting in the fact that Jerringong scored 283 in their first innings and Kiama managed 195 in reply. Now... Those were the two highest scores for the season after that uh, things seemed to collapse around them. It was interesting to note that there were two full rounds played and the first week of every game was played at one team's home ground and then the second week was played at the other team's home ground. So, for instance, in the Kaima and Jeringong game, the first week was played at Jeringong and the second week was played at Kaima. So there was, well, even in those days when there was no turf wickets, of course, they all played on concrete or, or on matting and things like that. Um, it'd be interesting to know that if you were it scored a lot in that first innings, perhaps let's not try and say that it happened because it certainly wasn't reported, but if Jeringong had played the first week at Kaima's home ground and made 280-odd, and they went down to their home ground for the second week. Do you reckon that they would have moaned? That, don't think the outfit was getting moaned for that week, was it? No, 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 no. So I wonder if things like that went on. I'm sure they must have. And to be honest, there are stories there that I can come to eventually about things like that. So that was interesting. Uh, as I said, it started off with a bang and, and big scores being made. But by, by Christmas and uh, into the second half of the season, teams regularly being rolled for 40 or 30 runs in each innings. Uh, most notably, Kiama, as it turned out. They seemed to uh, started off with a bang and they didn't quite get going after that uh, and struggled to score runs all year, the Kiama club. As it turned out, we got to the end of the season and on the table, uh, Jerringong finished on top with 21 points and Albion Park was second on 20. 
So in this competition, you got four points for a win uh, and no points for a loss, no points for the bye. Shell Harbour finished third and Keimer and Jamboree were very lowly down at the bottom of the table. Jamboree, in fact, had to forfeit their last two games. So as it turned out, Gerringong played Albion Park in the first semi-final, which is the final of the, of the Southern District. And it was a pretty tough, tight final between Albion Park and Gerringong. Gerringong batted first and were rolled for 73 in their first innings. Albion Park replied with 79, so a lead of six runs on the first innings. In their second innings, Gerringong managed 91. And in reply, Albion Park passed the total six wickets down at six for 87. So thereby winning what was titled as the semi-final of the entire competition, you could almost say that Albion Park were then crowned the first ever champions of a district competition on the South Coast. But what was the difference between the Southern competition and the Northern competition? Well, Albion Park then went on to play the Wollongong Club in the final of the Illawarra District Cricket Association's Premiership. They won the toss and they elected to send Wollongong in to bat. Wollongong made 490. (laughs) Alvin Park, in reply, made 79 and 58. So they lost by an innings and 353 runs. Uh, Is there any better example of winning the toss and batting? I think not. Mitchell Johnson now. So what about the Kymer Club in that first ever competition that they that their two members had been very much a part of forming this competition going forward in order to improve their cricket, there's no doubt. Well, they mightn't have had a great season as a team, but there were some interesting performances. Their batting winner was G Holden, who scored 342 runs and an average of 26.3, and he had a high score of 83. Second on that was Dick McDonald, who scored 227 runs at 14.1. In the bowling, Dick McDonald was a star. 44 wickets at 11.33 for the season. Very handy. While G. Holden took 25 wickets at 12.08. And Jay Shanahan took 20 wickets at 13.9. And in the long run, it was the first step. It was the first step towards competition cricket being played on the south coast of New South Wales. Now, the fact that they had had their own competition, which was a part of the Illawarra Cricket Association's competition, and then had found that the best team in the Illawarra comp was by far better than the best team on the south coast comp, didn't mean that it wasn't a success. What it brings forward now, 110 years later, is Why can't this be done now? Why are we in a situation where we can't have a a winner of an Illawarra competition playing a winner of a South Coast competition? It's something that would surely, at least doing that little bit, if we can't combine both districts into one, then surely having a playoff 
between the two best teams of those associations would be something worth watching. Anyway, that's a story and an argument for another day that has gone on for many, many years. One thing is for sure, though, that it had whetted the appetite of the cricketers down on the south coast. It was not to continue the next season. When they got to the start of the following season, the uh, clubs on the south coast decided that they would go it alone and that they would actually form what did become the Kaima District Cricket Association. And that's a story for another day. Thanks for joining me once again on the Kaima Cricket Podcast. A little bit more history for you. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned something. Um, it's a long time ago, I know, 110 years ago, but it's an important moment when it comes to the district competition as it is now to show when it was born and, and how it came about. So until next time, uh, keep those pads oiled, keep the bat whitewashed, and um, keep bowling at those stumps. Farewell for now.